Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Hello. It's it's Thursday. Just so everybody understands, right now is Thursday. It is. And mm-hmm. both Ryan and I have had, like, <laughs> just issues remembering what day it was. I haven't made the switch yet uh, from thinking we record on Wednesdays. So I literally was like, oh, today feels like Friday. And then I was like, no, it can't be Friday. We haven't done Gamers In yet. It must be Wednesday. And then so I thought it was Wednesday, which is why there is not a new Shipwrecks and Shanties posted yet. It's going to go up as soon as we're finished recording Gamers In. Ziv and I recorded before he had his throat surgery. So it's ready to go. I just unfortunately forgot what day it was because normally I post, we record on Wednesdays. I post on Thursdays. So um, yeah, I just, I totally lost track of what day it was this week. I don't know why, but I did. It happened. (laughs) I thought it was Friday. I don't know why I thought it was Friday, probably because uh, next week is the ninth and I try to take off the ninth. So like, you know, I thought, well, Friday, I'm going to have it off next week, maybe. So maybe, maybe that means every Friday I have off. So today is (laughs) technically Friday. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just not that I wanted to skip Gamers In because I had a pretty busy, you know, Gamers In prep week where where we we have a lot to talk about. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, pre-show you said it's probably going to be a short episode, but honestly, it's probably going to be our longest yet when you think about it <laughs> i'm pretty sure we had a two-hour episode in there somewhere dude so oh, i can't I really go two hours this, yeah i really hope this isn't actually our longest episode yet <laughs> yeah i uh i'm trying to think of what our longest it probably would have been episode nine where we talked about mass effect 3 the ending mm-hmm. and we Could've just been. we just never stopped talking so <laughs> let's never talk about the mass effect 3 ending again all right yeah <laughs> Wow, is that all the way back on episode nine? Damn. Yeah, Mass Effect 3 is an old game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. It's not that old. But Well, no, but yeah, it's like come to think of it, like where I was living when I was playing it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like six years ago. Yeah. And, you know, wow. EA has done us a favor. We'll never have to talk about a Mass Effect ending ever again <laughs> because they killed Mass Effect. That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Always good to remember that. That'll make you sleep well. So it is Thursday. There is a new episode of Shipwrecks and Shanties coming. Ryan, uh, Summoner's Call, how's that going? Going well. You know you've made it as a podcast when the developer behind the game announces a big patch the day after you record. Ah, uh, and... yes. <laughs> that used to happen to us all the time on Angry Chicken. So we yeah. moved to Tuesdays instead of Mondays because it was it was happening all the time. And yeah. it would have happened to us again this <laughs> week if uh, if we'd been recording on Mondays. So uh, thankfully, at least we got the news an hour before the show was supposed to go live. So right. we were able to, to make it work. But holy hell, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Big developer announcements. Yeah. It, it, it was weird. It, it kind of... We, we kind of figured it was happening because they usually update Fire Emblem Heroes at least uh, the very beginning of the mo- of each month with a major major update with uh, gameplay features and whatnot. So I wasn't surprised when it dropped, but it felt kind of it felt kind of good because we had that quick conversation like, oh, do we wait a week or do we do like do a special recording? It's like, no, nah, let's make intelligent systems wait a week. That'll teach them. <laughs> uh, and then I noticed we had feedback in the email box, so like that's kind of. That's, I, I feel like that 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 it's catching on and and uh, we're happy Good. with with the with the numbers and and whatnot. So like I'm I'm excited to talk about Fire Emblem every week as I am as excited to talk about stuff on this show every week because video like games your are streaming adventures, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You've it... you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't I can't buy groceries yet with with my Twitch monies. So like I don't think I've made it, but. I wasn't trying to make it. I was just trying to have. I was just trying to have fun in. And honestly, this week, so I streamed Minecraft for the first time, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But I was just having a really good time streaming, and people were interacting in game and interacting in chat and watching, and and it was it was just a really engaging, uh, fun time. I didn't think if I played Minecraft, which is a very old game, and I'm kind of thinking like, well. I'm going to play Minecraft for the first time and, and just thinking about how how that sounds. Like, it's a game that's been around for 10 years, like a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> You say that, but the game that I played this week has literally been around since 1987. So, okay, well, <laughs> Minecraft's then, not that that old. <laughs> it's not that old, but but in the grand scheme of, of yes. things and the way games exist these days where they're, they're blips in comparison to Minecraft or World of Warcraft or, or mm-hmm. other games. But 
I didn't think there would be that big of audi- an audience, but there was. There was people dropping in I had not seen before. So the discoverability of setting the game and, and seeing how many people are watching to know when someone's just going to pop in and, and have just a Minecraft conversation. So yeah, I streamed it. And halfway through the stream, I got the notification that you achieved your, your average three viewers because we had like 10 people watching at any given moment. Nice. And uh, yeah, I've hit affiliate. I've I've made it to affiliate. <laughs> Uh, I'm approved. That's a huge step. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I think it's it's probably, you know, I don't never say never, but it's probably as far as I can see me going. Like the partner, the partner level is 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 pretty up it's there. A huge step. Yeah, yeah, like affiliate is fairly easy to come by in comparison because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the partner settings are like or the partner milestones, I think, are like 75 average viewers. And um, mm, that's a big one. Uh, I can't remember what the hours streamed are and stuff, but it's like pretty much like you have to be close to full time to hit well, the, the partner numbers. And, which and that makes sense. You know, yeah. partners for full time affiliate are, are for the I think I would I, I'm safe to say hobbyists that are just trying to, you know, just get it out there. But I but I really come around on Twitch. Like, I think even during the not too long ago, even like last year when it came to Twitch, I just wasn't a big Twitch person. But I think the changes they've made with stream elements and OBS just not being, you know, a pile of Linux garbage, it's actually really good. Uh, and it works. I was say, yeah, that wasn't actually Twitch's steps, right? Like, no, those but are outside companies. But yeah, the, the arrival of third parties has yeah, made Twitch a better platform, which is hilarious. Well, well, the streaming. So I guess I should say, like, when I say Twitch, it's kind of like Kleenex. Twitch to me is just streaming yeah. in general. But yeah, you're right. Like the the support tools that are out there for streaming with OBS and stream elements and and Twitch's upgrades itself, like the achievements and the dashboard. And we we've talked all about this, but I think it's just it's made me come around on it mm. and streaming on a schedule has really worked so tuesdays at 8 p.m has been a really good time for me to jump in get a game in it's a couple days before gamers in so if it's like the worst game ever then i, have I time still to do something else <laughs> I, have, I have time to correct you know like make a corrective move but but honestly that hasn't happened yet and yeah so i've hit affiliate uh and i mean you know twitch.tv slash ryan murphy ca you can go follow you can go check that out i i guess the next question becomes you know, I set it all up and I did the steps that it asked. It's really easy. It took me like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. which uh, which was nice. I, I was worried that it was going to be all like, set this up. It'll take you an hour. You'll have to print stuff off and, and then we'll get back to you in three days. But no, it was, I did it the evening after the stream, took 15 minutes. And then by morning, people were able to, to start subbing. Mm-hmm. And the new revenue tab pops up and it tells you like, uh, how you know, what's there and how it's yeah. broken down. And it even breaks it down by like Twitch payments and Twitch Prime subs and all that yep. fun stuff, which is nice. The The question that had popped into my mind almost right away is the, the rule sets for, you know, I don't anticipate me hitting that wall anytime soon, but it's like 60 days from becoming an affiliate is when the first payout will happen, but you have to net $100. Does that sound yeah. okay? Which makes sense a hundred dollars seems a bit steep almost like twitch gets to keep all that money in its bank account and then yep. pay you out I, yep. I, f- I feel like we've had or i've heard of a similar conversation before where that seems a little like a hundred dollars is a bit steep even when you're paying you're you know you're charging well, and us i mean the like fee. As, as far as i know that's and um i haven't been in this situation for a while but i think when i first started streaming as a partner it was like right you they you had to hit that milestone and it was i think it was like 45 days i think it was 45 days not 60 so they might be a little bit different for partners versus affiliates but um yeah there's definitely that hundred dollar payout milestone and then after that it was like again they'll check you every month but if you haven't hit the milestone they won't pay you out so it's not like payouts then just come every 30 days regardless of your balance like you still have to hit uh, you still have to have a certain balance with Twitch before they'll pay you out. So yeah, um, and the only yeah they definitely just get to hang on to the money yeah. until yeah. The the only point I can think in their favor is that if they were paying everybody out, uh, like they the since affiliate's so easy. Like I did it. Ne- sorry, I shouldn't say it's so easy. I know I have like sort of a platform already. You to, have a to, network already. You know, yeah. So yeah, if so, you're yeah. 
I don't want to. It's not easy for everybody. <laughs> it's not easy for everyone. And it's, but it, but, but you've th- also worked really hard for your platform, right? So yeah. Well, this is year six of of uh, yeah. or year <laughs> seven of the gamers in. It makes sense that you would have that you know bar of a hundred dollars because if so, if a lot of people are hitting affiliate and then getting those, and then you have the Twitch Prime sub as well on top of that, where a lot of people just have a four ninety nine ticket sitting there ready to be given to someone. Um, and they're not treated any different from a normal sub. Right. Uh, it it kind of makes sense to say like, well, no, you have to hit a hundred dollars because. Well, like I say, yeah. this was this was in place prior to the affiliate program. This mm-hmm. has always been Twitch's rules. Um, they oh, might be slightly different between partner and affiliate, but um, basically, it's just I'm sure it has to do with transaction fees, right? They don't want to pay out somebody who's got a 250 account balance if it's going to cost them two dollars in transaction fees. So mm. I'm sure that's all it is. Um, but yeah, so I. I wish you the best of luck in in hitting yeah. that uh, milestone so do you have now that you have a sub button do you have emoticon emoji little dudes yet no i i mean i have the one plus the like 9.99 and the 24.99 and, and i thought yeah. i thought what i would do is i would focus on trying to get that one emoticon like the the 4.99 one just to have it and uh you know seeing how that works uh, I just haven't really thought about what it should be because I don't really have like uh, a plan. <laughs> I never really think, <laughs> I thought I would hit it so quickly, so I didn't really know what my first emoticon will be. But uh, we'll figure. I'll figure something out. And I was gonna chat with you and see, like you know, you have your the artist you go to, and and I kind of I'm probably more inclined. And this is no offense to anyone who actually does this. I'm probably more inclined to go with an with an animated emoticon over like my face i don't know if i want oh, people I using what you mean like you want a cartoon you don't want your picture no i, I don't know if i want people u- able to use my picture i mean i know yeah. my picture's out there and anybody could please don't don't do anything with my <laughs> face but like i feel like people aren't going to do anything but it's just i don't know if i want to give people the option <laughs> Which is, and okay, so there's like, so yes, you're right. I have an illustrator who does all of my mm-hmm. emotes. He's Ascot on Twitter. He's freaking awesome. Um, I can't actually remember what his tr- Twitter handle is off the top of my head, but I'm definitely following him and I've tweeted about my emotes before and uh, I know that he goes by Ascot. I just can't remember what exactly the Twitter handle is, but right. um, you guys can search for him and find him and he's great. Um, but I mean, I still pay for my emotes and oh, they're not necessarily cheap so a lot of people uh for instance like um the core guys and kyle use their face and i'm sure they just make funny faces in front of a green screen until they find something good and then they make that their emote and i'm sure that that's because you know they don't necessarily want to uh throw a bunch of money at getting their emotes done yeah. so I totally i completely get that but yeah i i did hire uh, i've hired a couple of different artists in the past one artist was horrible to work with um but now i found ascot and he's great so um yeah yeah but it's still like i think uh and even then he has cheap prices i think it's 25 bucks per emote or he'll do like five for 80 well 25 is that's i mean again i don't want to make blanket statements about people who just uh ryan's able to spend 25 dollars on a motocon he must buy 50 dollar coffees like i don't think that's how it works folks but uh no 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 i you know i just uh everyone's different and i just don't i just don't think i have like the emoticon face like i've seen kyle kyle ferguson's emoticon face and it works you know i've seen john's i've seen bo's you know i've used bo's face in chat before and it works i've used john's as well uh and i've used your emoticons too but like yeah i I, there's nothing against either approach but like yeah that's pretty that's a pretty good (laughs) yeah and and again like if i had the majestic face like that in chat i would certainly do the what what face is he making it's kind of like a weird uh, like praise the sun It's pretty sweet. I'm not going to do it. I don't even know what you'd you'd call it, but. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, for the video folks, like it's, uh, it's like kind of like, like he's squinting (laughs) at the sun or something. That's the best I can do. Uh, any, yes. And and then the jaw scasm, like there, there are, there are some great emoticons out there. So I, I'm going to think about it a little bit 
And if anybody has ideas, certainly write in. Like I know we have a lot of listeners who have been around for a very long time. They might even know, they might even be able to come up with something like, oh, Ryan has a chance to make an emoticon. Here's what it's got to be. Oh my God. I know what it should be. What should it be? It should be a cartoon foot in a cartoon mouth. (laughs) Cause you put your foot in your mouth all the time. It's true. It's true. It's like your hallmark as a podcaster. <laughs> and and it's nice because like there would definitely be more examples of foot and mouth uh, disease uh, if if I wasn't editing the podcast because sometimes yeah. if it's really bad, I will take it out. So uh... <laughs> No way. I didn't know you did that. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, sometimes. But you know what? The live show always exists. The YouTube is on Jocelyn's side. So, you know, there yeah, are those the, hidden gems. Guys, the YouTube is the place to go. It's raw. <laughs> raw unedited. unedited ryan foot in his mouth oh my god that's amazing the, be- the beauty of it is though with 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 the foot and mouth scenario is that there's always like it's i don't remember what i say the week later because it's like it's a show and then you go to record it again and that like erases the old show and puts that up on top of it like it's always mm-hmm. in the same memory zone um <laughs> yeah so i won't remember what i'm saying next week because we'll be saying new things and anyways, oh. yeah, I'm, a, I'm an affiliate now. So that's fun. It was exciting. I'm going to keep going. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. And, you know, I set up a I set up a donation goal. I called it PUBG Ram. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was very easy to do. Just kind of like it took all the data that was there. And um, yeah, I'm going to I don't know what I'm streaming next week. But I did stream uh, Minecraft this week right but, so yeah. tell me about minecraft because okay. minecraft is a title that we've kind of gone back and forth over the years and i think i tried a like maybe half an hour of it and the thing that's always um kind of kept i think both of us away from it is mm. just the feeling of um no direction sort of thing like it's it's too open world and sandboxy and i always feel like i'm just not creative enough to to go and make minecraft fun so how was your first experience in Minecraft? Yeah, I had not played Minecraft before. I saw, I remember pretty vividly when uh, Matt uh, Kearney was living in Peterborough uh, at another apartment. And he he was playing the beta or the alpha. This is after we graduated university. And, and I come in and I watch him play and I'm like, it's totally a Matt game where he would just get lost in it. And then he would resurface yeah. with like a beard. Like he'd come out from behind the 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 tomb and he'd roll the rock over and he's just got this majestic Minecraft beard and and it's not majestic at all it just smells really funky. <laughs> uh, Minecraft beard, everybody. TM. Anyways, I, I that was sort of the first time I'd seen it and it looked and it and it didn't appeal to me because like you said it's just it's a it's a free free roaming game make your own fun but on the surface you certainly see that and it's. And it, you can kind of, it's going be quick to dismiss it, but I I committed to two hours to, <laughs> to get, oh, he's in the chat room. That's so lovely. Anyways, um, I had committed to doing the uh, two hour stream of Minecraft to kind of get in there. I had some, some folks helping me out alongside the stream and it was a populated server, but it was a controlled server and that, you know, it was only whitelisted people that got in. And I'm in there and it's all guided and it's like, okay, here's like, here's the entry level. We've walled it off so all the enemies can't get at you. And you're walking through and they've populated the area. They've they've made all the trails. And so it's not a, a blank space or a randomized space to, um, that I that I, I thought was going to happen. And, and mind you, if I started a new game, that's probably what would happen. But this is a controlled environment to just kind of Right. So there was already some, like they had already kind of guided your experience for you. So yeah. it still wasn't the, the full on sandbox sandbox. <laughs> no. And, and that being said, like, do, do I, if, if I already know I don't want that super creative freedom, do I really want to be overwhelmed by like a blank or a randomized slate and and i was right. fine to go in there and, and play in their playground and and basically after like about a 30 minute like oh here's this thing here's that thing and this is how this works oh there's spiders better kill them and here's how you make a sword i i said okay like where's the plot of land let's let's have some fun let's build something and they said okay you can build here i'll just remove this beacon and they cleared they basically cleared the zone and like this is your area so i had about yeah. an hour and a half of time to build and i was like okay I know, I, like, they were showing me all these creative buildings uh, that were built up, and it's everything's made of cubes or half cubes, right. but when you make something of a half cube, it still takes up a cube of space. 
so things will float on top of it. So it, it all exists in a grid. And and I was like, okay, so I know I'm not going to be able to build this spectacular house outside. And I like the idea. I've always liked the idea of like secret rooms. And, and this is, I, I talked about this on stream. And again, this might be a foot and mouth scenario, but we'll get it out there. When I was a kid, when I, when I bought or built my house, when I got older, I always wanted like a secret room that like Yay. only I knew. And again, not in a creepy, going to kill you way, just in like a, <laughs> I want to be left alone and read my books or play my <laughs> video games. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah. Okay. So, like you wanted a man cave. Or an office or, you know, but just not a kill room. And I've seen kill rooms by going to, to houses and what? well, okay. Like. I haven't seen actual kill rooms, but um, when we were buying a house, you looked at a bunch of houses like the joke of it's not a joke. It's not a joke at all. But <laughs> there are these rooms. I found a room with a mannequin and a drain in it. And it's like I, we're leaving because <laughs> clearly something <laughs> bad happened here uh, or something bad was about to happen. Uh, so we left the real estate agent. I haven't heard from him since actually. I really think about it. But anyyways. So I decided that I was going to build this, uh, this, this secret layer, you know, this underground layer. So I did, I did what I, I thought it was necessary. I just built like a, I called it a doghouse. So I built a doghouse. It's a three by three. And they basically said, you know, okay, you, you know, create the outline, put a door in and then put the roof on by building stairs and they connect in a weird way to kind of make a roof. So I had my doghouse, I go inside and I'm like, okay, the doghouse is going to lead down in underground. And that's the first decoy room, right? Hello. It's just it's just a standard room that comes. There's a pillar that comes down in the middle, and that's where the ladder is. And uh, it's very it's a decoy, and it's like okay, this is your secret lair. It's not very creative, but okay. And then you head down the stairs, so you go. And I was started digging down into the stairs, and and I I built my next room, which was going to be my first real room, but I I set up like a. Uh, I, I closed it off and then set up like a secret entrance. Whoa. So you have to like mine out the different colored stone to find the trap door to go down and under into the into the the real secret room. So I was getting really creative and just having a good time. I didn't build anything spectacular like people had built like um, monorails, like self-efficient monorails where you <laughs> click a button and a cart pops out and you jump in the cart and it takes you across the map and <laughs> people building much better you know secret layers than i ever did because they had like a bunch of rooms and there were photo frames up and people had extravagant houses but i felt like th they'd been playing for a while so yeah. i was only in there for an hour and a half of building time and, and and i was pretty happy with what where i was going and and i was just having fun i was just like it was like playing in a sandbox basically you're just you're building you know, some Pretty people sure can, that's literally the definition of the game. <laughs> it, it is, but like some people are building like literal like huge sandcastles that you see on TV and movies, and I'm just sitting there and like I got my circle bucket and then I got my tear bucket and I'm gonna build this really cool two piece sandcastle. But uh, yeah, I, I just had a, a lot of fun and um, I, I did my first clip on Twitch where I walked out and then I was surprised by one of the enemies. Uh, so the whole game they were sort of helping me and like killing all the enemies that were coming after me uh, so I could focus on building. But then after a while, they left me alone because they're like, all right, he's got it. And I was attacked right. by an exploding zombie <laughs> and it, it scared the crap out of me. So I uh, I clipped that for everyone's pleasure. So but Excellent. Yeah, it, it was, I'm going to uh, go watch that then. I managed to catch the first part of your stream oh, uh, while we were making dinner. Uh, and basically all I saw was like you struggling with like your settings and stuff and not being oh, able yeah. to run the game. And I was like, holy hell, Ryan, like Minecraft is super blocky and super old and you can't even run Minecraft. You need RAM. <laughs> so it's not a, so I, I don't know if it's a RAM thing or not, but my, so I'm running Minecraft. This is the other thing. There are two versions of Minecraft on your computer. There's the Java version and Java is notoriously just this old deprecated piece of crap that needs to be left to die. But Right. Minecraft was built in Java. And then there's the Windows 10 version. And honestly, I don't know if that's been converted to C++ or not, but um, or to a more modern uh, platform for video System. games. Yeah. Like Java is like, that's what you played in high school uh, on the internet video games. Yeah. Like it's I not, remember. It's like Flash. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. um, I was told, so I got an email and it was like, okay, you're going to want to install these add-ons. And there's an, an add-on called like Optify. No. Op objects uh, something any or optifine or 
what it does is it basically makes like it optimizes Minecraft in a way that, that makes it runnable. But yeah, like it was weird and it could have been server related. But what would happen is it would chug for like two minutes, two frames per second. And you think, well, is it loading? What's it doing? And then it would be fine. It'd be fine for like a, like 15, 20 minutes. And then it would do it again. And it always felt like it was kicking in around a, a moment where it could be loading a new zone. Or a new mm. a new chunk of area, and I you know I didn't stop the stream. I didn't you know install the the add on that people were suggesting. I I just powered through. I still had fun, but yeah, definitely for the next time I play it, I'm gonna figure it out. It could have been OBS related, but I, See, I honestly the, yeah. I think I feel like this is another um, thing about Minecraft that is a little bit of a barrier for entry to me is just because like you're playing minecraft and it's the same reason that uh, world of warcraft always used to to seem intimidating to me it's like you're playing and it's like the first day and it's not even like settings that you need to fix it's like oh well you need add-ons you need to optimize this and you need to do that and it's just like holy hell so i can't just turn the game on and play hmm. what <laughs> like and so again it's just it's just intimidating and it's not a game that i think that i might like so i just have never bothered really with it so yeah, I, but I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I'm glad that you um, are at least interested in it to the point of, of going back to it again. But do you see it as something that you might go and like lose hundreds of hours in? <laughs> I, man, I don't have time to lose 100 hours in, yeah. in anything. Um, these Or even in the past, like the last time I lost 100, hundreds of hours would have been World of Warcraft or Skyrim mm -hmm. or something like that. But with Minecraft... Something I noticed as I was playing, it was very relaxing, and I haven't had an experience like that in quite a while. Like, I can't Stardew remember. Valley, probably? Maybe, maybe. Like, yeah, but there's still that, like, oh, gosh, I have a limited energy. I got to run back home to fall asleep mm. or I'm going to pass out. Like, don't get me wrong. Stardew Valley is very relaxing if you if you play it correctly. But Minecraft, outside of the, you know, because I've chosen to, like, dig around you know, in the dirt, as opposed to building up where the enemies can just come and explode your walls every, every five minutes. I, I'm down on the ground. No one's, unless I come across something cool, I'm not being disturbed, you mm. know, and it was just really relaxing. Um, I, am I going to put hundreds of hours of it? No. Am I going to play a couple hours, you know, once or twice a month? Maybe, possibly. When you do buy it, uh, on if you buy the Java version from Minecraft.com, it gives you a free code for the Windows 10 version. Mm. And as far as I can tell, the biggest difference is Minecraft with Java is add-ons and, and custom skin packs that are free that you can download off the internet. And then the Windows 10 version has a bunch of like microtransactions. And uh, it also has the update coming where you can play across all platforms. So you'll get, uh, if you play on Windows 10, you can play against people on, or play with people on the same server with a nintendo switch player or a, mm. uh, a, an xbox one player so there are benefits to both but yeah if you're gonna buy it you're gonna want to buy it from the website get the java version then get the free windows 10 version it was only 35 dollars canadian which you know is a good deal for yeah. what you're getting you're getting two you're getting two different games that I are going to serve two purposes yeah, I seem to remember another kind of barrier to entry with Minecraft was always mm -hmm. that you had to pay for a server. Do you still have to do that or? Yeah, if you want to play with your friends privately, you will have to buy a server. So the mm -hmm. server I was playing on was supported by a Patreon. So I was able to play no problem because I'm a patron. And that was a lot of fun. But my understanding is, yes, you would have to pay for a server mm -hmm. uh, if you wanted to play and again, I don't know this. If you if you want to play with your friends, I th I think you know Matt's in the chat room. He wouldn't have a, he would know better. But I think maybe you can run like a local server and then have people connect to it, and maybe that's free. But if you don't have that technical know how, you would have to you have to do right. that. But but the Windows 10 version has I think realms which mm, are so then you can okay so realms i understand because realms yeah. is like world of warcraft like i play on the earthen ring server mm -hmm. so yeah i don't earthen ring is my realm that's where i play <laughs> yeah and those realms are something you can get a free trial of or you can buy them and pay like a monthly fee and again i don't want to go f too far down the rabbit hole because i honestly don't know and you can play local for free there have got to be free servers out there that you can join in on but yes it is a barrier to entry if you're trying to 
really enjoy Minecraft, which is you playing with your friends. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, Minecraft servers aren't like expensive, but the amount of people you can have on it. So if you had, for our community, we would have to pay for a server that accommodates a, a lot of, you know, a lot of folks. The server I was playing on was maxed out at 24. So mm -hmm. it, I feel like when yeah. we looked into this before, it was like maybe 25 or $30 a month. Mm for like a 50 player server or something like that i think and again yeah. and i remember not really wanting to do it because it was like minecraftservers.net.org.com or something <laughs> you know like something that was like borderline sketchy and i wasn't familiar with minecraft or the community or anything else so i'm just like is this where i'm supposed to be um i'm just gonna not give them my credit card information <laughs> yeah so, it it's, and I remember, I remember that moment. I think we were early on with Gamers In, and we might have looked into it because Minecraft was coming out of beta or something, and people were like, "Oh, we should do mm -hmm. a, we should play Minecraft." And and the game has been thirty five dollars for quite a long time, and you're you're getting two versions. It's the price is worth it, but I think you have to be into, you have to know what you're getting into. And I think I understood just enough. And yeah, if I hadn't had a server in mind, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed myself as much as I as, as I did mm. because playing solo sounds kind of lame and that you'd be you'd be in your own sandbox and you'd have no one to show your creations to you'd have no one to interact yeah. with and that was really the most fun was kind of like you know digging around and then kind of saying like oh I'm gonna put the secret entrance here nobody look and and then people coming down and being like oh this is really really creative and 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 they were helping me out and and uh yeah it was it was it was an interesting experience, and honestly, I was really surprised how much I liked it, how, mm. how, how much fun I was having with it. And I think my beard comment to Matt has scared him off. He's no longer watching, so. <laughs> so the other thing that you got way into this week was What mm. Remains of Edith Finch. So this is, I'm really interested in this one because this <laughs> is a game that I played fairly close to completion but then i got to a point where um it got a little bit creepy and it got a little bit scary and i kind of knew where the story was going and i just i can't remember if it was like the point in the story where it was trying to get me to go to the attic or the basement it was one of those two places and i was just like nah, no there <laughs> I is i feel like it might have been the basement yeah the bait um, so there's so there in this game there is a basement segment, which would have been the second instance in which you would have been freaked out. Because I think the first instance is the tentacle monster thing. And then the second instance, yeah, is the basement. And, you know, what... Uh, I'm trying to remember, because I played this, like, a, I want to say at least a year ago, if not mm -hmm. a year and a half or two years ago. Oh, it was ago. late, late last year. Is... Yeah, I Wait, late last year, you mean, like, late 2017? Yeah, no, this is this is a new game and it came out in August. So I think you you had picked it up. Oh, not long I must ago. have played yeah, I must have played it right when it first came out then because mm -hmm. um yeah, anyway, so wow, I totally thought that I played that way long ago. But anyways, um yeah, I don't really remember a tentacle monster thing. It was uh But I remember looking at the achievements and I think I only had like two or three more story achievements to do and my next place was definitely the basement because i'd been down in the basement once before through the eyes of another like um i was playing through one of the family members stories mm -hmm. and it was done like a comic book style okay yeah so you did that yeah part. so i did that part and that part makes you go down into the basement but then um later on you go back to the basement like in as Edith, like in the in the main storyline, and I think I just unlocked the, the, like I just got the key and unlocked the door to the basement, and then didn't actually like go oh. down into the basement. Yes, because you read so yeah, so you read the story of Barbara, and then that unveils how you get the key, and then you can go yeah, you go into the basement, and that unlocks the next story. And I you would have been about halfway at that point. Oh okay. Uh, the game the game is short. It, it can be completed in under two hours. And I had picked, so I had picked it up on sale, um, uh, would have been the lunar sale. And I was like, you know what? I've wanted to play this game for a while. It's right up my alley. I just don't know why I haven't touched it. And maybe I've been waiting for it to come out on the Humble Bundle monthly. And it'll probably be in the Humble Bundle monthly this <laughs> month because 
that's because how bought it, life so works. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. And but but that that being said, I really really enjoyed the story experience because I for one love playing games that are just different, and this one was was very different. You start off in the game. What remains of Edith Finch? You are Edith Finch, and you're coming back to your childhood home to because your mother has, has died and she's left you in her will. This like, I think it was a. Like, a diary or a key i think it was a key yeah a journal oh i know what it was and mm. the other thing the reason i haven't finished it is because i switched computers and for some reason my save game won't load so oh um yeah so i would have had to start the game all over again right from the beginning and i was like oh i don't really want to do that like i want to pick up where i left off so sure that was the other thing is yeah i i and i mean you're right it's not a long game it's just that i just didn't want to play through all the stuff i'd already played through i think I think the package is worth playing through. Uh, mm. Like, we're not going to talk spoilers here. I'm just, I'm just going to talk generalities. So basically, you come back to this home, and the home itself is just this safety hazard. Uh, <laughs> it, it looks like the Tower of Pisa if it had been built in sections uh, around a tree. It's just really unsafe. And the story is about this family, the Finch family. They come over from Europe. Supposedly, they're cursed. And everyone in your family is dead. Yes. And the story is you coming back to learn the history of your family because, uh, just because, uh, you're, you're learning the history, you have the journal, and as you experience these stories, you sort of get a little scribble in your notebook, which uh, is basically a family tree. Yeah. And as you're experiencing these stories, you're basically unlocking them as you sneak into their rooms. They've all been sealed off by your mother because your mother's trying to protect you from the family history for for whatever story reason that we won't get into and the first story you experience is this little girl uh molly she passed away shortly after world war ii i think it was 1947 she was like eight and i I will spoil that story because it's very early in the game and and it kind of showcases the tone i think yeah it, it sets the tone in the in the tone being that this is a very weird odd fantasy style game where you have to kind of think for yourself like what what you're experiencing may not actually happened but it is a is it a no it's not a metaphor like an allegory for what might have happened is that the right word well and i think too like in this case you're kind of like experiencing things potentially like from the view of the person and Mm -hmm. each one is kind of different like i mentioned the comic book like so Mm -hmm. in the first one it's basically like this kid's fever dream right and so that's what you end up figuring out is that um you know that's what ended up killing her was she just she ate something and got sick and died so yeah it's uh yeah it's these really um these cool experiences and each one's different and then i'm trying to remember because those are the two that stick out to me the one where you're like playing through this kid's fever dream because Mm -hmm. there's like you turn into like a bird and then a cat and then a you know whole bunch of things yeah which is really cool and Mm -hmm. it's basically like as she's like in this fever dream and dying she's like looking out her window and seeing animals and pretending that she's flying away and stuff like that so I mean, it's it's a really cool way of telling a story. And then the other one that sticks out in my head is the one that's like you basically kind of moving through comic book panels, which was also really cool. Yeah, um, it's an incredibly dark game. And those stories oh, yeah. that you're you're showcasing, like, feel very tongue in cheek in a dark humor style way where it's like what what is happening in the panels, what is happening with the with the monster and stuff feels like, oh, this is kind of cute and funny you know and then the character dies it's like oh okay that's not cute and funny that's pretty dark and then the next one happens oh the character dies and and you if you go in knowing like paying attention to the story you know that all the characters are dead there's yeah. a great <laughs> moment where after you've experienced all of the family members leading up to your own family you walk through the cemetery because everybody's buried on site and the mm. game takes you through that cemetery cemetery as you talk about it and and reflect on on your just your family's demise and it's 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 an interesting look at death in this like fantasy world and not something that has been i've ever experienced in video games the way they they deal with death and they deal with death on 
you know, I thought the Molly character, you know, being like eight years old was dark, but they deal with like a baby, you know, they deal with, uh, and these aren't spoilers cause they're all in the book with the, yeah. as soon as you open it up, you see like, Oh, okay. We're going to be experiencing some pretty hard deaths, all ages across the board. And the, the story sort of progresses in a way that, you know, it's, it's more about why this family thinks they're cursed and what that curse might be whether it like the game starts off making you think like oh it's some sort of supernatural thing Mm. but i think as you progress through the story you slowly realize that sometimes when you think something is real it just it manifests to be real in whatever way you know um makes sense so if you think that right, your family's you cursed that aren't necessarily there it's like you you convince yourself of a mm-hmm. thing even if that's not reality yeah like if you think your family's cursed and you go through your life telling everybody yeah your family's cursed watch out you don't die i think the the whole story the whole point of it behind it and this i don't think is a spoiler because you can come to this conclusion pretty quickly it's that like nah, you're not cursed you're just you're just creating your own bad luck you know, mm. if you go through life being very, very negative, guess what? You're probably going to have a bad day, you know, <laughs> and and that is I think once you get about halfway through, you start to realize like, oh, OK, I see what's happening. And that doesn't ruin the game. It just it keeps going in that in that path forward. And it just feels again, it doesn't stop being dark. It's super dark. And if you if you don't deal with death very well, you probably want to stay away from this game. But from a dark humor fantasy point of view, like it was a very cool experience, mm-hmm. but honestly, there's, there's some moments in this game where it's just like, oh crap, I don't really want to be dealing with this right now. Yeah. Like this is, you know, it's, and it's pretty dark. There are some, I remember like, again, the comic book basement scenario in mm. particular had at least one jump scare. And then I feel like there was like a jump scare. Well, kind of like a jump ish scare. Cause I scare really easily. So <laughs> Um, I feel like I was like poking around around the outside of the house or something. And then like something fell over in the garage when I got close or so. And that was enough to make me go <gasps> like, and then I was yeah. like, I don't want to go in through the garage, but I can't go in any other way. So I'm going to have to go see what's in the garage. And oh my God, it's going to eat me. It's going to be a big monster or something like, yeah, there are and probably, then I don't even think that you ever figure out what was in the garage. Like, I just think something just like fell over. It was probably like a squirrel or something. I, I don't think you even go back to the garage. Like, no. you, you literally crawl through the door or the doggy door and doggy you're door, like, yeah. hey, you're, you're through the garage. You made it, everybody. Yeah. And yeah, like I think on the Joss level of, you know, scary game, it's it's got those jump moments, a couple of them. And they're like purposeful in the mm. way that they serve the story especially the the basement one where uh the jump scare is you you see it coming a mile away but again i know that doesn't you know stop it from being scary yeah that doesn't help me because even when i know something's coming um i still like and i can watch scary movies and i can watch scary things because or tv shows and stuff because i don't have to direct the character but when i'm just like okay, I'm going to open this closet and something is going to jump out in my face. Even if I know that's what's going to happen, I really struggle like making my character actually like walk up to the closet, pull open the door and get that scare. Like it still scares me even when I see it coming. So yeah, so yeah. there there are a few of those, but it's after the comic book section, there it stops being that kind of game and just goes into this very deliberate like there's no jump scares you're just you're just experiencing these stories and though i shouldn't be afraid to go into the basement as edith (laughs) well let me think i've been wrong before (laughs) yeah now you're gonna lull me into a false i know i think the basement's fine i think it's the comic book segment and then after that Mm -hmm. it's just traversing but like Mm -hmm. i don't want to say there's no jump scares because you know like something you might... always forget them you always tell me that there aren't a lot of jump scares and then i go in and i'm like brian they're not jump scares though they're like you know a broom moving quickly beside you like it's just a noise that happens in your peripheral that might constitute a jump scare but i don't think there are deliberate jump scares like uh in uh in the comic book segment the first segment isn't even there's no jump scares it's just your play a creepy tentacle monster so yeah. that's a little creepy but there are now there I remember no the tentacle monster. I hadn't remembered that before. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think the game is totally worth playing through. And again, 
I, I don't want to spoil any of the other stories and, and they kind of mm-hmm. feel like tall fab- like tall tales, like fables, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a very fable type game where they're telling you about this this family's history. And, and it's just, it's worth experiencing. I know it's a shorter game, so that the price tag, it might not seem worth it, but, you know, pop your own popcorn cool and play it and be fine. It, exactly. It's a really cool experience. And the guys who made it, like the, I think they're called the Unfinished Swan they did or though that was the last game they did i don't remember what the company is but uh it's it's worth experiencing so yeah the next time it goes on sale or you know buy the the latest humble bundle i'm sure it'll be it'll be in the monthly bundle you have about a day to pick it up but uh yeah it's it's really cool and i'm glad i i played through it but yeah you should play through it i think i think now that you know the scary parts in the early game you could probably blast through that that's like the Mm. first 30 minutes and i think it goes yeah. for another hour after that and that second that yeah, final see, I think hour I is really played good. for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. all together because it took me so long to like work up the nerve to go into different rooms and especially <laughs> like there's a couple of places like you mentioned the doggy door that's not the only one where like the only way into the next room is a very confined space and yeah. i'm not claustrophobic myself but i don't like being um funneled into situations in video games so much when I think it could be a scary jumpy place I'm not supposed to be you know so I that's that's kind of like I I know that's my own personal like preference thing but yeah uh, there are tight spaces in this game it took me a long time to kind of like work my way through the house because I'm a gigantic wuss so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure I had at least an hour and a half, if not two hours of playtime into it. But that doesn't mean that it's a game that should take you that long. No, I, I think I clocked in at like just like an hour and a half to an mm-hmm. hour and 45. So and I was it's like a movie. It's it, like it the is, length of a movie. It is a movie. You are progressing. You're pushing forward in the game. And, and, and when I say pushing forward, that's not you just hitting the control stick forward. You're doing things, mm-hmm. but you're progressing the story by 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 inhabiting these characters and playing out their story and it's just it's heartbreaking that game and yeah. uh, you just you as you go forward it's like you just wish that, that that you could break this curse but really you are you know like i said from the beginning you know that everyone's dead so you are ch- kind of doomed to play out everybody's fate right. and the way they unveil those fates is kind of like oh shit that's uh that's pretty dark so yeah check it out it's uh it's delightful you know <laughs> It's delightfully different. (laughs) Yeah. So this week I had a little bit of time today and I got a chance to get back into Sid Meier's Pirates. So if you guys have been uh, listening to me talk about Sea of Thieves, I think I've talked about it a little bit on this show as well. But if you've Mm -hmm. been listening to Shipwrecks and Shanties, obviously you know that I'm super, super stoked for uh, the new pirate game that's coming out, Sea of Thieves. So... Part of that excitement is because uh, when I was in university, I played the crap out of Sid Meier's Pirates. And I wanted to kind of like go back into it while Sea of Thieves is kind of on the horizon because I was like, okay, do I have like my nostalgia glasses on or like was Sid Meier's Pirates actually as good as I remember? Uh, Because this is a game that's literally been around in one form or another since 1987. So um, it was released Mm. in 1987 and then it was re-released in 1993. And then there was an enhanced remake. I think it was called like the Gold Edition or something was released in 2004. Uh, You can buy it on Steam right now, but it's also been um, it's been put out on all kinds of platforms with all kinds of different remakes and stuff. So you can get it on PlayStation. You can get it on the PS Vita. Um, Like it's just it's it's all over the place. And uh, so I had a a couple of like struggles this afternoon because for some reason, as soon as I tried to change the video resolution, it crashed not only like the game, but my whole entire computer. I couldn't see or do anything anymore. So I had to leave it at the 800 by 600 resolution, which made the graphics really awful. But um, the actual gameplay itself. Oh, my God. It's so fun. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) <laughs> did they not make like a 3d version of this like or because you're saying it came out in 87 and and then remade a bunch of times but did they not come out with a 3d version am, am i am i just dreaming it is yeah this is the 3d version oh the okay theme, yeah so the uh, 1987 version the wasn't 3d no no oh, okay. uh yeah no and i'm not playing the 1987 version but basically what they did is they oh. like adapted it 
Oh, uh, I see. So to, it's a, yeah. it is a remake. Yeah. So, it's a remake. Yes. Yeah. It's the enhanced remake. And so there's a few different systems in the game. Basically, what you do is you are a pirate. And the whole overarching story is that you're you were a like a colonist, I guess, in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. uh, part of a kind of like middle of the road merchant type family and then there's a baron who's the you know the big bad guy and he comes in and you um just as your family was about to pay off all their debts he comes storming in and says the fleet was lost you know i'm coming to collect on your debt you guys can't pay so he ends up kidnapping and enslaving your entire family but you as like the little eight-year-old boy managed to run away and escape and then 10 years later you return to the Caribbean and try to essentially find your family. So you choose a uh, country to champion, basically. So you can be the the Spanish, the Dutch, the English, or the French in the Caribbean. And then all of those different um, I, countries, I was going to call them factions, but they're, they're countries. All of those different countries have different um, settlements all over the Caribbean. And then you kind of it's it's very open-ended from there. So that's like, it funnels you through the, the first little bit of story, but then you can totally decide exactly what you want to do from there. So hmm. you uh, can go and talk to governors and get um, marks and then champion the cause of all the different countries. The different countries are going to war all the time. So sometimes like, let's say uh, for me, I picked the Dutch, which was they should flag them as like easy to hard because the thing, <laughs> thing about the Dutch is that they only have like five or six ports all over the Caribbean. Right. But if you're the Spanish, like there's a whole entire coastline with like 20 different places you can go. So when like the Dutch were at war with the Spanish, I had like no ports I could easily go to. <laughs> so it becomes and uh, the, the more ports there are, uh, the more powerful the uh, country is then the more ships there are that are sailing around so if you're the dutch and you're the dutch are at war with the spanish then you're going to run into a whole lot more spanish ships that are going to then try to sink you and board you and whatever Hmm. so you can champion the different countries or you can just go straight up pirate and just if anyone comes near you regardless of country then you know you can just sink their ships and take their goods so the whole point is it's it's basically um, like a kind of a sandboxy Minecrafty almost, except again, it's one of those games that gives me just enough to oh, uh, kind of guide the experience. So you have um, you can talk to guys in taverns. It'll give you pieces of treasure maps. So very Sea of Thieves. Or I, I'm sure Sea of Thieves is very inspired by that idea. And then um, so you can go searching for treasure. You can go. There's like a top 10 list of pirates. So you can try to like hunt down other pirates in the Caribbean and kill them. And then as you like take over their ships and take all their their treasure and find their buried treasure and all that kind of stuff, you move up the rankings as well. So then like right now, I think I'm the fourth most notorious pirate in the Caribbean right now. Uh, I've taken out three or four of the other pirates on the list. So you start at the bottom and kind of work your way up the pirate rankings. Uh, there's also things like you can romance governor's daughters and you can, um, like as you rank up, cause you can rank up with all four of the different countries. As you rank up, you were gifted land outside of the different port cities. So basically, um, the way like you, the game continues until you retire and mm. there's a mechanic that kind of like, cause your pirate ages. So you can't just, you know, keep going forever until you um, kind of just plunder the entire Caribbean. There's a there's a bit of like a time limit on it. So the younger you are, the easier it is to recruit people for your crew. And you also start off on like easy difficulty. So after a certain amount of time, your crew gets like weary of being out at and they start to get unhappy and if your crew is unhappy enough they'll mutiny and then you lose a whole bunch of your kind of accumulated wealth so every once in a while you have to go to a port and you have to divvy up the money and depending on your difficulty settings uh, you get to keep a higher percentage of the wealth that you've accumulated so when you're on the easy setting you only get five percent of the gold and you split the rest up amongst your crew and then you start over again with a crew of 40 and one ship. And you get to basically every time that you um, divide up the plunder, you get to keep your flagship. So you choose which ship 
out of all the ones you've accumulated because every time you defeat a ship, you have the option to either keep it and then you're basically sailing around with this big fleet or you can sink it, like take all the stuff off it and then sink it. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's really cool. And then so every time you divide up your plunder, you also have the option of continuing on at the difficulty setting that you're at or you can uh, decide to uh, increase your difficulty level, which then the next time you distribute your plunder or divide your plunder, then you get like 10% and then 15%. So you get to keep more and more depending on what difficulty setting you're playing on. Right. So so the game so the game came out in as a, the 2004 version. I was just looking on Steam. I guess it's um, currently 75% off for those that are mm. in the pirating mood. And you've obviously played way more Sea of Thieves than I have because I've played none. But <laughs> it, do you feel like Sea of Thieves is the next step for Sid Meier's Pirates? Like you say, it kind of feels like it it uh, is inspired by Sid Meier's Pirates. But I'm wondering if Sea of Thieves is the next step in the, the, the realization of what a 3D simulation Pirates game is. Like, is that where... Is that where Sea of Thieves comes in? Or do you yeah. want a new Sid Meier's Pirates? Well, I, I mean, God, I would love a new... Mm-hmm. I would love a new Pirates, for sure. Um, but I do feel like um, Sea of Thieves has been heavily inspired by this. Um, I think there's a lot of games that have been heavily inspired by some of the systems that are in here. But, um, yeah, like, the the combat isn't necessarily, like, turn-based, but it's kind of, like, everything with like the combat and then also when you're trying to romance governor's daughters you have to do dancing so the Courtship. 3d yeah exactly the 3d npcs do like um really big telegraphed attacks or like telegraph dance moves so like if she wants to move to the left she'll motion to the left and you have to hit the right key to go that way and <laughs> you know it's the same like a if the pirate like goes really really high with his sword then you know you have to block high and so there's uh yeah like the the combat is not necessarily turn-based but there's um it's it's slow enough that you can choose the right moves and so it's it is very much like a dance and i really enjoy it it's really good it's not just like button mashy but it's not like you pick your thing i pick my thing then we attack so it's yeah it's it's cool and interesting and the thing that i i think i've mentioned before with sea of thieves that i wish that they would do is take some of these systems from pirates and uh, implement them in in different kind of ways. So, like, I do like the fact that there is a kind of time limit on my pirate, so I can't just keep going forever because eventually I'm going to run out of time, I'm going to have to retire, and then that's when your final score is, is um, kind of um, computed. So you can, um, basically, it depends on how much wealth you have, whether you're married or not, because eventually you can marry a governor's daughter. Then there's, like, and uh, this is a little bit ridiculous and sexist, but each governor's daughter has like um, a, there's like a scale of beauty almost. So the, <laughs> so the less beautiful governor's daughters, this is from 1987. It's a really old game. <laughs> so, but remade the, uh, in 2004. I think we might yes. have we might have come a bit so, f- farther then. Yeah, <laughs> but 2004 is still 14 years ago. But still. It's true. I did. I yeah. That's how I worked. I just I ranked all my governor daughters on the beauty scale. I'm not, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying. <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm just playing. This is how the mechanic and the game works is yeah. that there are like a plain. There's plain governor's daughters, and then there's um, I can't remember what the middle step is and then there's like beautiful governor's daughters and so you get sure. more points because the beautiful ones are harder to romance because they have so many suitors the plain yeah. ones are very easy to romance you basically walk into the governor's mansion when he has a plain daughter and she invites you to the ball right away but you have to woo the beautiful ones and you have to bring them jewelry and stuff like that so anyway <laughs> superficial with the, really the, the, the beautiful really scale bad. like so, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And you're right. Like a game from 87, it's very tongue in cheek. Like I was looking at the screenshots. Like it's not like all the governor daughters, like you could, I don't know. They just, they look like they stuffed a bunch of like cantaloupes in their, in their shirts, but whatever. <laughs> you can balance a plate on their boobs. Yeah. yeah like it's totally, it's totally cartoonish. Which... It's also they're they are corseted and it's yeah. uh, like in terms of like period costume and mm-hmm. like historical accuracy in terms of like where cities are located and the actual like distance between places in the Caribbean and 
um, the like how you sail your ship and everything else. It is. It's actually um, I think there was an article on it last year or the year before that basically it was like talking about historically accurate video games. And they were saying, like, this is the most accurate Caribbean, like, hmm. I think. Well, 17th, 18th and 19th century is when it takes place. And it's actually really accurate of like who was the powers and what they controlled and everything else. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really admire, interesting. But yeah, right? so there's the the whole. So at the end of the game, depending on like how beautiful your wife is and how much property you own and how much wealth you have and everything else, then you get, I think, um, a ranked from like a beggar all the way up to a king's advisor. So it's basically like how well your score was and if you you know picked one country and just went for that um how many of your relatives you actually found and saved how many pirates you dominated how many treasures you found like all of it comes together in a score at the end so hmm. it is it's quite replayable and the more you play on higher difficulties the more of wealth you're going to accumulate but your sink your ship might get sunk and then you know you might get captured or there's a whole bunch of different things that you have to kind of balance to figure out how to get your personal highest score uh so yeah it's it's really really fun and i mean i think i sunk and i i used to do this all the time in university sure <laughs> and, but i'm pretty sure and i've done the same thing in civ where i think i started playing around noon and then i looked at the clock and it was 5 30 and i was like holy hell like <laughs> where did my afternoon go like i just lose hours and hours and hours in these games yeah. um Kuma on the chat room saying uh, sid Meier's colonization is also interesting if people have never tried it i didn't even know that there was another sid Meier's game outside of pirates so um yeah like i will definitely take a look at that because it's super super fun it's really well done and i would hope uh, like i would really like to see some of these systems actually incorporated in sea of thieves um especially like the ability to like champion a faction and i mm -hmm. know that they have um like you do have the three different factions in sea of thieves but there's no kind of like competition between them it's not like you know the gold hoarders are at war with the mystics or whatever i can't remember mm -hmm. the, all the faction names other than the gold hoarders that's the one we played in beta but um it would be really cool if there was some sort of like timing to it because right now it's very much like it's just an open sandbox and you can play the way you want to play and there's a lot of stuff in there but it's not like if i come back to my pirate or if i play for five hours like there's no time advancing ever yeah. you just have your pirate and that's it and it becomes a certain level and but if it was like for a week these two factions are going to be warring and then if you see you know like the flag of the other faction then you could be trying to kill them while, you know, like trying to help other of your friends, like almost like guild-ish, sort of. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there. I feel like there's a lot to be learned from Sid Meier's Pirates, and it's still a really awesome game. And uh, yeah, so if you guys want to get into it, the naval combat, it's really funny because the naval combat is difficult and very similar to Sea of Thieves, except you're doing like, it's like a top-down view as opposed to in Sea of Thieves, you're actually on the ship, right? So Yeah, and that's where I was saying, like, Sea of Thieves might... Similar. Yeah, like, Sea of Thieves might be the next step in that type of combat. And it's uh, it's really kind of unfortunate that Firaxis and Sid Meier's, you know, presents-type games, he, he's kind of pigeonholed... And I mean, I don't even know if he's... I think he's still... I think that I've seen articles like, yeah, this guy's name is on things, but he actually still makes the games. And yeah. I... It's really odd. It's really kind of unfortunate that he's pigeoned himself into just making civilization games every year, and mm. uh, Firaxis just ends up releasing Civilization or XCOM games. And I and I, it would be nice. I may. I'm not saying you need a pirate game every two years, but an update of it's been 14 years, as you said. Like yeah. it's probably time for for that game to get to get re released, or at least for for Rare to kind of look at these older games and, and, and add some of those features. And I know just and they, they might be. Yeah. I mean, because like they have said that they are coming out with a new content patch three or four months after release, like they are planning on constantly patching the game. So with that in mind, like I do think that they built 
a very good, very robust based game in Sea of Thieves. So yeah. more systems, more diverse things to do could be coming to Sea of Thieves. And I would like to see some of those based on pirates. And if you have never played pirates, please go pick it up. It's super, super good. And Ryan, you said 75% off right now. It's like I don't even three know bucks. What, I was going to say, I don't even know what the price of that is, but it's got to be like two or three dollars. So yeah, you guys I might you, pick it up. And if you haven't checked it out and but do keep in mind like i say it's from 2004 i yeah. couldn't get the graphics to change past 800 by 600 without crashing my computer so just like the graphics are not good it's True. like it's super super low res but it's really really fun like once you get past the graphics like just even when like you change the difficulty settings you'll have a treasure map you get the same sort of treasure maps every time the easier your difficulty settings is that are then the further out your camera is zoomed when you embark onto right. land to go try to find treasure. As soon as like as you up the difficulty, it just zooms your camera in so you can see less and less. So it's harder to figure out exactly where you're going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many little tweaks and systems like that that uh, that are really, really cool and really fun. So, yeah, go spend a couple bucks, pick up Sid Mayor's Pirates. I really highly recommend it. Cool. Wow. That sounds awesome. Uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us this week. We do have a patron ad from Simon who says, Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or geeklynews.com. Uh, also, Ryan, you have put out a new mini episode? Yeah. How's that going? The mini's still there. It's going well. We now have a system where we talk about all of the Gamers In projects. Uh, summoners call see uh, the see if these shanties, shipwrecks and shanties. Shipwrecks and shanties. I yeah. knew it was Sass. I, I knew it was Don't sass. Yeah. sass Ryan. <laughs> yeah, we got the sass. We got Faye. We've got uh, the gamers in Tiji Tiji. And that one's not pronounceable. I'm sorry. We had a theme going. But yeah, uh, yeah no, the Patreon mini go to patreon.com slash the gamers in where you can directly support this show and the content that Jocelyn and I are producing. We also have a Discord. It's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. If you guys want to get in there and talk things about Fire Emblem, if you guys want to talk about um, Sea of Thieves, there's a Shipwrecks and Shanties channel. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, all the ways to interact with me and Ryan and all of our other co-hosts is over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. So that is going to do it for us tonight. You can find us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed live on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact on both Twitch and at bit.ly slash TGIVOD. So make sure you guys go and check that out. If you'd like to let us know what your favorite game from 2004 was, email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. people to actually tell us what their favorite game from 2004 was i expect emails people <laughs>